Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. This is episode number 379, Libido and Desire After Menopause with Sex Advisor Susan Bratton. Hello, everybody. This is Sandy Weiner, and welcome to Last First Date Radio, where we believe it is never too late for love and that a woman of value naturally attracts the respect and rewards she deserves in life and love. A woman of value is someone who shows up, stands up, and speaks up and knows her value. This is what I teach to my clients. This is what I live, and I spent too much of my life living from a place of devaluing. So this is such a passion of mine. And every week I bring you a tip on how to become a woman of value. This week's tip is forgive yourself and others. It is so important to let go of self-loathing, of of beating yourself up for what you have done in the past because I truly believe that we do the best we can with the tools we have. And This is an opportunity to learn new ways of being, new ways of being in relationship, both with yourself and with others. And that's forgiving yourself. But what about forgiving others? What if you've been really hurt by somebody and they don't deserve your forgiveness? Well, we often feel that way, that the person that hurt us doesn't deserve to be forgiven. So the the thing that I learned about this, I never really understood what it meant to forgive others who had done terrible things. And what I understand now is that we don't condone that behavior, but we let go of anger and resentment because it helps us. It doesn't help us to be angry all the time and to hold in such resentment for somebody who did something to you it's important to let it go, to just move on, because otherwise it's hard for you to move on. And um, that is this week's Woman of Value tip, forgive yourself and others. So my challenge for you this week is to take one step towards either forgiving yourself or forgiving someone who has hurt you. Um, And now for my guest, uh, sex advisor to millions, Susan Bratton is the author of 34 books. She's a television celebrity, a YouTube star, an Instagram influencer, and a spokesperson and advocate for sexual wellness. She's passionate about lovemaking and bedroom communication skills, and she is a phenomenon in the world of pleasure and connection. She's appeared in 500 podcasts speaking engagements, TV appearances, and radio shows. And um, I'm not sure if this is her calling in, so let me just check. Is this Susan? Hi, Sandy. Hi. Hi, Susan. Good morning. Good good afternoon here in Connecticut. Are you in uh, California? Uh Yes, I just got back from my yoga class at the Buddhist Meditation Temple. Ooh, that sounds this is how we roll in Cali. <laughs> well, I just got back from freezing cold weather <laughs> outside. <laughs> well, I'm excited to have you on this show because this is an important topic, and I chose to focus on 
libido after menopause because very few people talk about it. And I know that a lot of the women in my Facebook group, Your Last First Date, which I forgot to mention at the top of the show, um, they talk about men's sexual dysfunction after 40 and 50 and beyond. And they complain about erectile dysfunction and all the other stuff. But women go through a lot of changes, and a lot of women lose their sexual desire. So as a sex expert, let's talk about what women can do during and after menopause to keep that libido working. Okay, good. Well, um, I also do want to touch on um, I, really what I think we could talk about is a couple things. There's this notion of, of sexual regenerative therapies, and I really want to make sure I talk about it because I know a lot about it and not very many people do. So you don't hear this in a lot of places. Um, The second thing that I think is important is to unpack what libido is and talk about how you can separate it from desire and that it's also different than arousal. So I think we should start there because until you understand what the fundamentals of libido are, it's not really worth having the conversation about things you can do about it at a physical level. Does that sound good? Yeah, let's go. All right, great. Okay. So um, let's talk about libido, desire, and arousal as three separate things. Think about them in a a Venn diagram, a circle, three intersecting circles, kind of like the Olympics. So let's talk about being a sexual Olympian, (laughs) even after Mm -hmm. menopause. Um, The first one is libido, and I consider that to be primarily body-based. How do you feel? Do you feel horny? That's, you know, a good way, a simple way to to think about it. Does your body get turned on? And having just come from yoga class, I've actually been working through um, a little bit of depression lately, which is very unlike me. Um, you, if you looked at any of my YouTube videos, you'd say, this woman never gets depressed about anything. She looks always happy. But mm-hmm. like every human, we have our cycles. And our cycles are highs and lows and mids and things like that. And I haven't had much libido lately because I've been depressed. I've actually been going through an existential crisis, just checking in with myself and making sure that the the road, the path that I'm on is going to continue to serve me and feeling where it doesn't and adjusting for that in my meta thought. But that also had some upset that led me to be thinking about that, which made me feel low and sad and depressed and out of sorts and disconnected with my essential self. I was rediscovering what my essential self was and what it needed to be now that I'm moving into another era of my life. And I think these are important discussions for every woman, every man, every person across the gender spectrum to have with themselves throughout our lives. And when we go into these cycles of introspection or down cycles, our libido is going to drop because your libido is an expression of your life force, your vitality, your creativity, your passion, your lust for life is one side of the same coin of your libido. And when that's feeling down or it's feeling like it's not right for you, it's not flowing, you're having problems, you're getting beat up by the world, which we all do, um, that impacts your sex life as well. And there I was sitting in yoga class doing some twists and all of a sudden my mouth started watering. 
And I started thinking about sitting on my husband's lap and having a makeout with him. I really love to sit on his lap and be kissed and held by him because it makes me feel very feminine. I'm a, I'm a very large woman. I'm almost six feet tall. I probably weigh 165 pounds right now. I'm a big girl. And I like to be, I like to feel like a little girl, a woman cared for, protected by my husband. I like to feel my passion. And when you're when your juices are running, you're actually, your spit's running, your lubrication is running, and that actually comes from relaxation. Going into yoga and uh, moving through my depression over the last couple of weeks and going back and getting back to yoga class and getting into my relaxation and getting into breath work was what suddenly made me go, oh, I want to kiss my husband. I want my husband to kiss me. <laughs> and so that story is really just uh, me explaining what libido is. It's the body-based feelings of desire. And they come and they go because, especially as women, but also as men, we are cyclical creatures. We Women are lunar. Uh, we have our hormonal cycles. Even after menopause, we still are cyclical. Just because we don't have our menses doesn't mean we, that, our, that all of our hormones don't ebb and flow. The same with our cortisol. It ebbs and flows. The same with our melatonin. It ebbs and flows. That's a circadian hormone. So that's libido. Desire was, okay, I'm feeling better and I'm relaxed and now I want to kiss my husband or I want him to kiss me. <laughs> I like to be I like to be taken. I like my husband to take me on the journey. I don't necessarily always want to be the initiator or or aggressor and that's how most women are. We want to be seduced and taken toward our pleasure, surrendered to our pleasure. And so the feelings of desire are you're feeling good about yourself and you're feeling good about your partner. That's desire. I desire to have intimate connection. And then arousal is the next phase of that. If libido is good, if desire is there, then there's arousal. And arousal for women, we don't run around horny all the time. Sometimes we're horny, but a lot of times we're not. And again, it's cyclical. Where for our male-bodied partners, and most of us are in heterosexual monogamous relationships, our guys wake up every morning horny. They would like sex all the time, if we're lucky. If they don't, there's often something wrong, right? That's a, a mental or physical or combination of health issues to not have your desire. When your desire is not there, when your desire is not present, it is a red flag for problems. So you started out talking about um, how do we as postmenopausal women find our turn on, our desire, our arousal, our libido, the wanting of intimate connection. And a big part of that is in nurturing our sexuality. It is in doing yoga, moving our bodies, dancing, walks in the woods, um, um, hugging, holding, um, being sensual, enjoying the sensuousness of life, our five senses, actually our six senses, right? So there's, you know, sight and sound and smell and touch and taste and proprioception, where our body is in space, which is part of dancing and movement and yoga. That's a sense that we have that we can cultivate. So doing these kinds of things, meditation, holding and touching our own bodies and wombs, self-pleasuring, all of these things help us 
not only stay in our desire, but potentially even with the intention of focusing on and cultivating our sensual selves. I think that's a big part of it is that it takes intention and attention and awareness and effort to stay sexual. Hmm. Wow. So a lot here. <laughs> I um, I like that you focus both on um, what we need to do for ourselves and also in connection with others because it's, it's always both. And I think a lot of people expect someone else to be responsible for our sexual desire for all those those you know those yummy things and there's always a lot we can do to keep ourselves connected to self and to keep our libido higher um and so i i like all the suggestions that you gave us thank you <laughs> yeah <laughs> I I wanted to also just talk about the existential crisis that you're going through and it's I found that really interesting. I am very similar in that I I take a step back when I'm in business to see if it still is aligned with who I am and what's working, what's not because I can't function when things don't feel true to me. And it does get to a place sometimes where you feel like you have to make a change. And it took me a long time to make the last change, which I did about a year ago. I I started a new business. Um, In addition to my dating coaching, I am a business coach, and I started a company called The Woman of Value because I really, at the core of what I do, is it's not about the dating. It's really about valuing yourself as a woman, and it's about learning to speak up and to show up as a woman and in all of our values. So I really resonated with what you said there. Thank you. And I'm really glad that you've expanded into business coaching because for so many women now, a, a lot of our personal power is in the intellectual intellectual pursuit of our business careers. It fuels us. It feeds us. But what's nice about what you do is that you balance the feminine side with the masculine side. Um, Because I'm the CEO of my company, and I'm also a very strong person. I'm a natural-born leader. I'm I'm just one of those people that's just kind of like out there all the time, uh, showing people the path to their possibility, whether that's in my own business with my own team, or it's in the work that I do, uh, inspiring others to lean into their own sexuality and to find the joy and pleasure that is a natural gift of, uh, of humanity. Um, and I think the balance of the masculine, feminine, the polarity is so important. Like I was saying how I like to sit on my husband's lap and have him kiss me, have him take me. That I think is also a really important part of finding your desire is the notion that sometimes you have to just let go and let your partner drive and trust that given enough um, expansiveness and enough subtle conversation and asking for what you need in the moment, um, you can really have the best of your masculine power and the best of your feminine power. Um, It actually reminds me of a free technique I'd love to give your listeners if you're open to hearing about it. 
I would love to hear about it. And I, I just want to, before you do that, I want to highlight what you just said, because as a strong, powerful woman, and majority of my audience is that, and I, I think it's really important to know yourself well enough to be able to drop into whatever turns you on, but also not to forget your feminine energy. And I think a lot of women just carry that masculine energy into their love life, and it's, it's, a, it's a killer for, for eroticism and for attraction. So I am so glad you brought that up. Um, we have whole shows on attraction and feminine and masculine energy, but that's just an important point. So, yes, and please share your tip with us. One of the things that women struggle with is asking for what they want in the bedroom without it feeling like they're leading or being in charge. There's this tension between letting go and surrendering, but getting your sexual needs met in the way they need to be met in that lovemaking session. And women don't want to be like, do this thing and do that thing and here's what I want. Because then it takes the polarity away. They're like, well, now I'm just bossing my guy around. <laughs> and that doesn't feel right. good to me either. Mm-hmm. But, he's, but he's taking too long or I'm not really liking what he's doing or, you know, I'm, I'm in a super grumpy mood or I don't know, it wasn't very good last time or I've got my head in the clouds and I can't get in my body or nothing he's doing is feeling good right now or whatever. You know, we're, we're running these conversations in our head during sex. And we can't stop doing it because whatever is happening, the sensation that's being delivered by our partner is not getting us there. And for a lot of women, I think we feel like we need to be responsive like men, that that's the responsiveness that's expected of us, that we're supposed to be ready to go, um, that we're supposed to spontaneously drop into this passion and, you know, we're all ready to go and, and we're not. It's just not how our bodies operate. We are slow to warm up. You know, we're the, we're the little kettle that has to go on the back burner and just simmer. <laughs> we need the heat turned up slowly. If you turn us on high, we, 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 we flame out and, um, we get blackened and scorched and angry and pushed too hard. And a lot of times women don't take demand, request, insist, explain the kind of touch and warm up that we need to let go of that monkey mind we have and to get into the monkey body we live in. <laughs> and I, I do say the monkey very specifically because when you, when you zoom out on planet Earth and you look at all living things on this globe that we live on and you look at the tree of life and all of the branches of that tree and you see that there's 
everything from bacterias to reptiles to dolphins and whales to the monkey branch. And that primate branch has orangutans, bonobos, chimpanzees, homo sapiens. Oh, wait, that's us. We're on the monkey <laughs> branch. We're on the primate branch. And we forget that we're animals. We, we get in our heads and we think we're these super beings, but we are just funky little monkeys. We are just creatures, hormonal creatures, creatures that have issues with our blood sugar regulation and our cortisol levels and our toxic lifestyles and, you know, all of the ADD we get from being on social media and our jobs and our families and, oh, my God, it goes on and on and on and on and on. So what do we do? How do we acknowledge that we are just this funky little monkey and how do we have a conversation with our partner where number one we can tell them exactly where we are and what we need right now like hey I've got this crick in my neck and I I am not even going to really be able to move my neck to kiss you right if I don't get this worked out can we start there or will you just hold me for a while so I can calm down I'm so strung out with everything I've done, going 120 miles an hour all freaking day, how do I relax? How do I get there? Help me get there. And every time we lay down with our love, we're in a different state. Something needs to be rubbed or touched or held. Sometimes we want them to just kiss us and take us away. Sometimes we need a very, very slow on-ramp to lovemaking. And one of the biggest issues that happens for women is that we don't get enough genital engorgement. We don't get enough blood flow to our genitals. This is the biggest issue for women in overcoming our um, struggle for orgasmic satisfaction is actually getting enough blood flow to our genitals before we start to have intercourse. And so acknowledging and looking inward and seeing where we are in that moment and being able to express to our partner what we think our bodies might need to be able to let go, relax, and surrender to our pleasure. What, is it heavy? Is it light? Is it soft? Is it hard? Is it whatever? What do you need? And once our partners understand after telling them these things, 20, 30, 40, 50 different lovemaking <laughs> sessions, they're going to see how, what a variety of experiences are required for us to drop into our sexual connection with them. They are a bit more linear than we, our male-bodied compatriots in the bedroom. And being able to honor what we need, ask for what we need, and have them know that we're just telling our truth of what it's going to take for us to slow down and be happy we dropped in with them into this love bubble. They'll get used to it over time. And this technique that I'm telling you about, I call, this, I call the Sexual Soulmate Pact, P-A-C-T. You can get it at sexualsoulmatepact.com. You can print it out and you can read it. You can have your partner read it. You could read it together. You could have, read it on date night over dinner. Um, and then you can begin this practice of saying, what I do is I call it reporting in from your animal. 
where you you basically just say to them, here's what I need right now in this moment. This is what's going on for me. And they say, okay, and they begin to deliver that for you. And when they do, they thank you for telling them. They encourage you to tell them. They realize that feedback is not anything they're doing wrong, that they couldn't possibly know what to do because you're such a changeable being because of your hormonally cyclical monkey body that you live in. You don't have control over it. It controls us. We don't control it. I mean, we can try, but it doesn't really help, especially in the bedroom. So this sexual soulmate pact is an agreement between partners that says, I'm always going to tell you exactly what I need in the moment. And when I do, you're going to acknowledge me. It could be, thank you. It could be, okay, baby. It could be, got it. How is this? Thank you, darling. And Encouraging your partner to do, to do the same. Can you press below the skin, not just stroke the skin? Can you just, you know, can you get on top of me instead of me on top of you? Um, whatever. Could we do 69? You know, <laughs> one of my partner's favorite things that he used to be a little guilty asking for for some reason. He had a little shame around his desire for that. It felt like a big ask for him. And of course, mm. it would be a big ask right away. It's not the thing you start with. It's the thing right. that you would do once you get your woman warmed up. But um, really honoring what you desire in the moment, both of you, and getting into that kind of radical honesty in the bedroom, that is, just say what you need and let me give it to you. Man, that goes a long way in helping increase your libido desire and arousal as you go. So you can get that technique and enjoy that uh, as my gift at sexualsoulmatepact.com. It comes from my book, Sexual Soulmates, The Six Essentials to Connected Sex. I wrote this after, after helping couples rekindle their passion or learn how to have great sex and trying a lot of different techniques with people, thousands and thousands of people, and getting feedback about what it is that actually works. And the Sexual Soulmate Pact, I think, is the biggest needle mover of any sex technique that I offer. And I've written over 34 books on sex techniques. Mm. Well, I love agreements. I love boundaries. I love the whole idea of communicating exactly what you both need. So this is brilliant. And it will be in the show notes as well as people can just hear it right now. Um, thank you for that gift. So let's talk sure. about hormone balancing because we you brought that up at the beginning. You wanted to talk about hormones and, and um, what we can do about hormone balancing, correct? Well, I was talking about sexual regenerative therapies of which oh, okay. bioidentical so hormone replacement that? is part of it. Yes, yeah, okay. sure. So, I'd okay, love to. Great. All right. So when I think about how you can stay sexually spicy, juicy, hot, and turned on throughout your life, especially after your 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s time frame. In your 20s and 30s, you've got, in your 20s, you've got energy, it's all new. In your 30s, you're starting to be like, oh, I could learn a few things. In your 40s, you're thinking to yourself, I better get my act together because my sex life isn't going to be around forever. By the time you're 50, you're like, okay, I'm one of those people who really cares about their sex life. And so I need to do some things about it because I ain't no spring chicken. We have our hormonal drops, both uh, menopause and andropause, and we lose a lot of our testosterone, estrogen, et cetera. 
And so the very, very kind of ground zero thing that you can do is bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. And I'm so sorry about that noise. I didn't realize that that would make a noise. Apologies. Um, Yeah, that's annoying. Um, So bioidentical hormone replacement therapy is for women, estrogen, testosterone, progesterone, potentially thyroid. And for men, it's mostly testosterone. However, I think men should get their aldosterone checked as well, especially if they're suffering from any early signs of hearing loss or they have hearing loss in their family. Um, you should definitely go on to PubMed and read a lot of the, you know, uh, the research about aldosterone and, and have good hormone testing from your doctor. And by good hormone testing, I mean not just a blood test, which shows your free or versus bound um, hormones, but also a four-point dried urine test, also called a Dutch test, which shows not just how many hormones you have, floating around at the time, but are they locking onto the hormone receptors and are they getting utilized by your body? So hormone replacement is one of the very best things that you can do. The second thing that you can do is you can actually look at how over time, as we age, we start to desiccate, we start to dry out, we start to wrinkle, we lose our collagen, our elastin, we, um, we shrink a bit, we get sarcopenia, which is muscle loss, muscle tissue loss. So we're losing tissue. And when we're losing tissue, we're losing tissue in our genitals. Our genital structures are both um, made of erectile tissue for the masculine and feminine body. We have about the same amount of erectile tissue inside us as a man does. And he's got about half of his erectile tissue from, uh, from the outside of his penis, but he has, his penis actually goes inside his body, deep inside his abdomen. And uh, there's erectile tissue in that too. It's, he has the shaft of his penis is buried up in his abdomen and that's erectile tissue. So that, that whole erectile structure for women, our erectile structure is our clitoral um, shaft, our clitoral legs, uh, our, our vestibular bulb, our, our urethral sponge, which some people call the G-spot, our perineal sponge, which is between the rectum and the lower wall of the vagina. So basically, uh, the opening to our vaginal canal is surrounded by erectile tissue. It's not just the tip of the iceberg of that clitoris. Uh, the glands itself is not actually <laughs> even erectile tissue. It's just where all the nerve, a lot of nerve endings are. The more that you get blood flow into your tissue, the more pleasure that you feel. You would never expect a man to um, feel as much pleasure with a flaccid penis as an erect penis. It's the same with a woman. If we, are, if we have a flaccid um, genital structure versus a, an engorged or erect genital structure, we're going to feel more pleasure with an erect genital structure. And as we age, all that tissue atrophies. You get tissue loss. You get loss of sensation. You get loss of blood flow. You get uh, receding nerves. You get receding capillaries and blood vessels. Uh, the blood supply to your genitals is the first to go when you have atherosclerosis. Diabetes erodes the tissue with neuropathy. So all of these types of things make us feel less and less pleasure, and we have a harder and harder time achieving orgasm. So some of the things that you can do are um, therapies such as for feminine, for the feminine, we have 
intravaginal devices, either CO2 lasers or RF devices, things like Mona Lisa, Femilift, Vaviv. Um, those go up inside us and they do subcutaneous damage to the vaginal mucosa, which brings collagen and uh, stem cells and um, healing factors from our own blood into the tissue in our vaginal canal to thicken it again and to uh, improve the musculature tissue so that we can reverse things like the things that women struggle with, which are incontinence or, you know, peeing your pants when you don't want to, um, and loss of orgasmic sensation and lack of grip. So we lose grip, which means that we have laxity. So as we age and the tissue atrophies, it actually, our vaginas get bigger. And the bummer is that our male body partners, as they atrophy, their penises get smaller. So what used to feel good and grippy and tight and give you orgasmic pleasure no longer does. So the CO2 and the RF devices work really well intravaginally to fix a lot of that. And then there's, if that's the cake, there's the frosting on the cake, which is the using PRP, platelet-rich plasma, that comes from your own blood and takes the healing factors of a vial of your own blood injected back into the clitoral structure to reconstitute that tissue. And what we're really doing is reconstituting tissue regenerating tissue, both blood vessels and capillaries, nerve tissue, erectile tissue, tissue of the tunica albuginea in the penis. There's all kinds of things we can do to stimulate new tissue growth. And then for male, and, and also you could use stem cells in addition to or in place of the PRP, if you have a lot of money, that's the cherry on top of the frosting on top of the cake. <laughs> okay. And <wow>. then <laughs> for the masculine, you have Gaines Wave. That is a therapy called shockwave therapy that sends, it's like sound healing. It's like acoustic waves into the penile tissue that breaks up the plaque and stimulates new tissue growth. And then, the, then he can also get P-shots, which are called PRP, that's uh, called a P-shot, like the uh, PRP into a woman's genitals is called an O-shot or orgasm shot. The PRP into a men's genitals can be called a P-shot, and that adds to regrowing the tissue. And then using a vacuum erection device for the masculine is very, very good where it's a penis pump. You put your penis in, you, the vacuum pulls blood into the penis. It expands the blood carrying capacity of the penile tissue to get it to reverse atrophy. And um, you hold it for like 10 minutes and then you let, let the pump go. And then you can pump up again for 10 more minutes, do that every other day until, you know, for like about 13 weeks. And that works really, really well to regenerate and re-stimulate tissue volume. Um, men use it to enlarge their penises if they've lost. Like if a guy's divorced for, you know, it's like he had a sexless marriage <clears throat> and then he's divorced and he hasn't had sex a long time, vacuum erection devices, gains waves, things like that can really, really help. And the reason I want to talk about this in light of women's sexual issues postmenopausal is that we often are the doctor moms of our, of our 
sexual partners, we tell them, you have to go get this taken care of. I've made you an appointment with a Gainswave doctor. I want you to go get this done. I'm supporting your self-care and regeneration using a vacuum erection device. I don't think it's weird. I want you to do it. I'm supporting you in it. Let's just watch Little Big Lies while you use your penis pump, and I use my V-Fit. The V-Fit is a really cool tool for women that is made by a company called Joylux and it is uh, like it goes inside your vagina and it uses low level laser light therapy, red light therapy, a, a bit of vibration for um, helping with musculature, kind of like Kegely musculature renewal and it's warm and the warmth in the vagina along with the red light helps also recollagenate that tissue, reverse incontinence, laxity, et cetera. So there's like home things you can do as well. As, so like penis pumps and V-fits and things like that are things you can do at home. And then if you've got money, you can go get the gains waves or the Vavives and the PRP shots and the stem cells and things like that. So there's kind of these two levels depending on your budget of what are available to you. But all these things are fabulous and they really, boy, once you go get them and you let the healing occur, which takes, you know, a few months, really you get full benefit within six months. You see immediate benefit. Then three, four, five months in, you're like, wow, I did not realize how much I had lost. And you think to yourself, I'm having orgasms like I did when I was 35 and I'm 55. Whoa, I just didn't even know how much I had lost. And so I love that all these technologies are available to us now because I can tell you that if you have a good, healthy sex life and a good, healthy partner and a good, healthy attitude, you can make fabulous love until the day you die and hopefully you live to be 120. So it's really about taking care of ourselves. And again, attention and intention on having our sexuality be an ongoing part of our lives. I love it. Well, you've given so much hope to people who have given up, who have thought that, you know, it's over. Might as well just, you know, get a cat. And uh, (laughs) so thank you so much, Susan, for sharing all this information. There's a ton here, and people have choices. So I truly appreciate what you shared on the show today. And if you can let people know how to find you. You bet, Sandy. And thank you so much for having me. I really went off on some... (laughs) I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're going to have to have me back and we can actually have a conversation. I felt like I was like, (laughs) for some reason I was on a roll today, wasn't I? (laughs) Hey, go on a roll. That's what I say. (laughs) Uh, How you can find me, you can follow me on Instagram at Susan Bratton, S-U-S-A-N-B-R-A-T-T-O-N. Some of my best work is when I get dressed up in crazy costumes and give sex advice on YouTube and getting to my channel on YouTube is easy because you can just go to betterlover.com and it takes you right there. And then if you want to be on my sex tips mailing list, which is fabulous, you can go to personallifemedia.com, like the media for your personal life personal life media and uh, sign up for my newsletter there. And of course, don't forget to get the sexual soulmate pact, 
my number one technique because I'd love for you to have that and talk to your partner about that. Got it. I'll put all this in the show notes. And, yes, we will have you back so we can have a a different conversation about sex and intimacy and all kinds of stuff (laughs) because you are obviously an expert in all this, and I I learned a lot today, I'll tell you. (laughs) Um, But what's the most interesting thing you learned? Oh, you bet. Uh, I want to know what the most interesting thing was you learned. Um, I think just the variety of techniques that there are, and especially um, the intravaginal things, the the fact that men have so many choices when so many men that I know have been resistant to getting help for erectile dysfunction. And I, I had a client who was in a relationship for many years with somebody who could never have an erection, and he never, never sought support. And eventually... You know, she she got more sexual. She ended up studying with Mama Gina and really got in touch with her body. And, and she was like, hey, I'm done with this. There's more out there for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, if a person's not even willing to look at it and to, to make changes, then it's, it's, a, it's an issue. You know, both people have to be willing. But I, I definitely learned a lot about all these different techniques and, and that there's so many choices. So thank you. And and I love the past. Oh. I love agreements. I just I Thanks, teach a Heather. course in boundaries, which is finishing tonight actually. Great. And we oh. it's all about it's all about speaking up. You know, it's so much is lost because we don't express what we need. Nobody can read our minds. And so whether it's in the bedroom or the boardroom, gotta gotta speak up. So thank well, you. Thank and you. I love thank that you. you talk about boundaries. Thank you. And um, I'd love to introduce you to Amara Charles. She's, she's written a book on agreements and boundaries, too. And she's a wonderful sexual healer. I'll make sure I connect you guys. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. thank you, everyone, for listening today. And I, I hope that you go and check out Susan's website and get all her free stuff and her newsletter and her packs and and um, I forgot to mention at the top of the show that I have a fabulous Facebook group that I'd love for you to join if you're over 40 and you're either single or in a relationship and want to improve everything about your relationship and your single life. Join us at your last first date. We are an amazing group that is supportive. We don't we don't um, allow people to get into victim. It's all about growth and moving forward and and really getting support. So join us there, and we hope you go on your last first date very soon. Have a great, great day.